You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to be joining you all, being able to talk about a Cincinnati Bengals win for the first time in a long time. It's great to be talking about a win. Last year, the Cincinnati Bengals didn't get a victory until week 12. They finally get one in week four this week, so I guess progress there. They made a little progress last week with the tie uh, and took kind of some baby steps, and now they are 1-2-1. One, and one. Feels good to have a win. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot of different aspects of the game of the Cincinnati Bengals against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you also have to look at a 1-2-1 one, and one record and almost wonder what could have been, right? You look at what happened in week one against the Chargers, field goal issue at the end of the game, and then, of course, you look at the tie last week, you, you maybe say, okay, they earned that loss against Cleveland, but this is a team that could, could have two or three wins right now easily, uh, if not for their own mistakes and own issues. But, hey, they're back in the mix, one, two, and one. We're talking about a win. Joe Burrow looked great, and a lot of different areas of the team looked very good. By the way, the kicker, I mentioned some kicking issues in week one. The kicker this week looked excellent. Uh, nailed four or four attempts, including quite a few in, a, in the rain. So uh, props to props to Randy Bullock on that. Let's get to some statistics here. Actually, before I do, I want to share this. Um, so I'm going to be sharing my screen here. I'm going to share a tweet from the Marissa Contepelli of Bengals.com. For those who do not know, uh, we saw Joe Mixon appear on the injury report last uh, last night on Saturday randomly with a chest issue. We didn't really know exactly what was going on. Uh, Marissa Contepelli reported that Joe Mixon was in the hospital for about three hours last night um, with, with breathing difficulties. And uh, when he was running, it was hurting his chest. Um, so he knew, you know, this morning that he was going to be able to go and play, but it sounded like a game time thing. And quite frankly, quite scary um, for Joe Mixon. And of course, you know, he's dealing with this issue, and then he goes just ballistic against the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, has about 200 yards from scrimmage, the three touchdowns, doing a lot of different things for the Bengals' offense. So um, <clears throat> it's it's great that Mixon is – the chest issue and all of that is cleared up, and he's feeling better, and obviously he was a big, big contributor to this week's win. Uh, I had to sit through a game with my with my older brother, who is still in earshot distance right now, who sat Joe Mixon on his fantasy team. I have to give him a little. I have to give him a little. <laughs> I have to give him a little uh, little jab there. But uh, good game from Joe Mixon, and I'll share this here as well. These are some of the numbers of the game here for the Bengals and the Jaguars. So you see here, here's Joe Burrow passing 300 yards. 
uh, 25 of 36, 300 yards, third straight 300-yard passing game for Joe Burrow. And this one, a little bit more of the chunk yardage variety. You know, you saw there was about 10 yards per uh, attempt or 10 yards per completion and a little higher than that this week um, in terms of his completions, uh, yards per completion, 25 completions for 300 yards and one touchdown and the one interception. I think everybody, if you didn't watch this game, you see, oh, you know, the rookie threw an interception. That is not at all indicative of what happened on that specific play. Joe Burrow twice targeted Drew Sample in the end zone, and Drew Sample did not come up with either catch. Both footballs went through his hands. One, he kind of let it go through his hands, bounced off of his face mask, bounced around in between his hands, and then into Miles Jack's hands, and ultimately ended up being a red zone interception and a 10-point swing for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, against them, rather. Uh, for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They took away a touchdown. The Bengals were doing a great drive. They started from, I believe, their own 10-yard line and drove the length of the field. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Sample let that ball go through his hands, and it became an interception. Jacksonville drove down and got a field goal. Later, Joe Burrow tried to hit Sample in the end zone again. It went through his hands. A little more difficult catch. But went through, he had both his hands kind of wrapped around the ball, and it just went right through his hands again. Fortunately for the Bengals, they ended up scoring a touchdown uh, a few plays later anyway on a Joe Mixon great uh, run after the catch out of a little swing pass from Burrow. Hurdled one defender, took a shot after entering the end zone, but a great play by Joe Mixon. But my point is when you look at this stat line from Joe Burrow, this should be a lot more gaudy. And really, shoulda, woulda, coulda is kind of the name (laughs) – Name of the game for the Bengals this year. And I uh, mentioned, you know, what could have been with the record. And then, of course, you look at the stat line alone in this game. A couple of other drops uh, that were made by by receivers. So not, uh, you know, not totally indicative. And really, Joe Burrow could have had an even more outstanding stat line than he does already. But, um, you know, six touchdown passes through the first four games, two interceptions, uh, another touchdown run on the ground. And then, of course, he gets his first win as a pro today so Joe Burrow coming is advertised and then some folks uh, I, I was talking with some people this morning saying um, I think it was in our pregame show brought to you by Narragansett beer that he's making some rookie mistakes that you would expect him to make but it is far fewer than I think the average rookie quarterback starting week one and especially with no preseason um, make this point so um, you know at, at some point, you got to tip your cap to Joe Burrow and say, you know, this isn't your typical rookie quarterback. This is a guy who's making plays like a veteran and doing a lot of different things to help this team win football games. And really, again, you get you sometimes feel sorry for the guy because he's he's making plays, and sometimes the passes are dropped in weeks past. The offensive line issues, et cetera, kind of came to fruition. So, um, you know you got to tip your cap to him. He's playing very well, and the Bengals definitely seem to have their next great franchise quarterback at least through four games so far. I mentioned Joe Mixon's day. What a, what a day by him. Probably his best career game as a, as a Cincinnati Bengal. 25 carries, 151 yards, six yards per carry. Of course, the big one on the touchdown run over the right side, kind of took it out, bounced it outside, and had an open field and took it all the way into the end zone, two touchdowns on the ground, another touchdown through the air. And you can see down here, Joe makes another 30 yards for a touchdown on six catches. So uh, close to 200 yards from scrimmage by Joe Mixon, three touchdowns. 
Gio Bernard getting uh, 19 carry, 19 yards on two carries, so that's pretty solid. Um, even though the carries were limited, and that was kind of shocking given what we knew about Joe Mixon's chest issue, or I guess what we didn't know from Joe Mixon's chest issue. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty good day from Gio Bernard on limited touches. T. Higgins getting an end around for 13 yards. Joe Burrow making a couple plays with his legs as well. Um, leading receivers, Tyler Boyd, first down machine, seven catches, 90 yards. Seven catches on eight targets, 90 yards. It's pretty good, folks. T. Higgins, four, four catches, 77 yards on seven targets. There was maybe a drop or two in there by T. Higgins, but the good the good thing I saw from, from T. was when he, when he maybe missed a play or there was a ball that, you know, he, he could have caught, maybe, maybe made a good play, he, he seemed – right after to make a very nice play to atone for the mistakes, which you like, especially from a rookie wide receiver. But he is definitely emerging as a threat on this team. Uh, Drew Sample had a couple nice catches in between the 20s. You see the, the, the three catches on five targets, and I mentioned the two non-connecting targets there were unfortunately in the red zone. Stephen Carter with a nice 24-yard catch, Auden Tate with a 15-yard catch, and then, of course, you see – um, and we mentioned it in the pregame show, John Ross inactive. Um, so that, uh, if you're wondering where he is, he's on the sideline. A couple of nice plays by Jordan Evan on the day, an interception. He also had, a, I believe, a shared sack. Um, <clears throat> so pretty good game for him who was filling in for Logan Wilson, who was dealing with a concussion and uh, a couple of other things. LaShawn Sims, the leading tackler, which I guess you assume when Jacksonville was kind of in the come-from-behind mode, would be the case. Sims getting more looks as, uh, you know, the Bengals are still waiting for Trey Waynes to come back. Jesse Bates was flying all over the, the field and had a tackle for loss. And, um, you know, pass rush was really insistent today. They did get to Minshew, um, you know, three times, but a lot of those were cover sacks. Andrew Brown getting a sack, Jordan Evans getting a sack, and then Carl Lawson and Davis Gator sharing one. Um, you know, I think, again, Minshew was throwing the ball a lot towards the end of the game. And then, you know, uh, definitely two of those three were coverage sacks. So um, Bengals need to get to the quarterback more regularly and do some things um, a little bit better on the pass rush front. So um, that's something they're going to need to clean up going forward. Um, some of the negatives, unfortunately, well, let, let's continue on special teams here. I mentioned Randy Bullock, 4 4 uh, long of 46 uh, yards on the uh, through kicking field goals, and then of course perfect on extra points. So you like that. Kevin Huber only, only punted the ball once. So uh, you know the Bengals at one point went for a fourth down and short from their own 33 yard line. Um, so they didn't call Kevin Huber's number mu much this week. And then of course Brandon Wilson having a real rough day returning kickoffs for the Bengals, which is not really. Uh, usual for him. He's usually one of their one of their better players, especially in special teams there. So, um, that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot of the stats. Some other things to point out and some negatives. Unfortunately, when you look at the receiving receiving numbers, AJ Green sticks out like a sore thumb here. One catch for three yards on five targets. That is not getting it done. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are some passes that are thrown his way where it's pretty tight coverage. Um, there was, you know, maybe an opportunity for a deep ball early in the game. It didn't connect. And then, you know, they're just, it's just not working. And, uh, this was, this was the game I thought that 
AJ Green would have it would have been the get right game for AJ Green. Right? I, I just felt like the Bengals were going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to try and get him the ball. Uh, the, the Jaguars were susceptible against the pass, and unfortunately, it just wasn't so for AJ Green in this week's game. Only one catch for three yards. Started him on a couple of fantasy teams. Yikes. Uh, the let's if you look at the stats here. This is some thing, these things on the Jaguars side where you can say, okay, this is a little uh, a little sketchy. 27 completions for Gardner Minshew, 351 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's indicative of a lot of big plays. Now, at the end of the game, the Bengals went more in kind of a prevent look, kept things in front of them, and they allowed Minshew to kind of take up, uh, you know, take what was in front of them and let guys get some yards after the catch. But 351 yards is not ideal. Uh, in terms of pass defense. And by the way, the Bengals' pass defense was one of pass defense. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, not the case. But, hey, it's, it's, they, they, they won. So that's uh, 17 carries, 75 yards for James Robinson. Undrafted kid making plays. He had a couple of nice runs. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, run issues kind of kind of continue. Geno Atkins absent obviously Mike Daniels absent and uh you know that's having an effect on a lot of different areas on defense uh, and then of course you see kind of the plays DJ Chark had a real nice game LaVisca Chenault had a couple of nice plays so they're giving up some plays there unfortunately and then of course the Miles Jack interception there so um that's kind of some of the the tail of the tape if you will in terms of statistics. One of the things I do want to point out, and uh, hey, the offensive line played a lot better today. Offensive line played a lot better for the Cincinnati Bengals. And hey, tip your cap to Alex Redmond. Tip your cap to Alex Redmond. He came in there, and uh, I think a lot of us, myself included, we're going to be cynical about him stepping in as a starting right guard and potentially, you know, is he going to be any kind of upgrade over Billy Price? Is he going to be any kind of upgrade over the guys they've been putting putting in there, even Xavier Sufilo, who was in there for about a half, you know, is he going to be, is he going to actually show marked improvement over what they've put out there? And unfortunately, unfortunately for people like myself, we have to eat crow because Alex Redmond played pretty well. There was the one holding penalty, but played pretty well. And when you're putting up a 300 yard passing performance, when you're putting up, um, you know, two, 200 rushing yards, as, as the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to tip your cap to the offensive line. They played very well, and you could tell they were making plays, especially some of the things. There were a couple of openings on the right side um, where Alex Redmond was. And, look, Alex Redmond is not a, a perfect offensive guard. We may sit here next week and say, oh, boy, you know, he gets the start again, and, you know, the, the, the familiar issue, issues continue. But I will say this. If you look to the end of 2018, if you look to the end of 2019, and you look today, there are there are some games there where Bobby Hart and Alex Redman played together and obviously are comfortable next to each other, and things are working, especially in the run game. Things are working. So um, you're gonna you're gonna get the penalties. You're gonna get some of those issues. Um, but I, I don't know if you want to say Alex Redman was the key to everything this week, but you gotta you gotta give him credit. You gotta give him and this offensive line group in general. Jim Turner, hey, they've been they've been dragged through the mud, especially by people like myself, to uh, 
um, you know, dragged through the mud this week and in past few weeks because of the issues. It protected Burrow pretty well today. A lot of pockets, all of that. Now, here's the question. Is it because who they played today? Is it a lack of talent by Jacksonville? And it made the offensive line look better? Did they make adjustments? Does the Alex Redman effect really play into the success of what we saw today? Or is it a little bit of both? I don't know. Jacksonville only has one win to this point, so we know they're not a strong, strong team. But, um, you know, I, I think obviously there's they've got some talent there. So I, I, I'd like to think it's maybe a little bit of both. Improvement, Alex Redman, all of that, but also maybe – little bit of a weaker opponent, weaker defensive line than most other areas, uh, most other teams they've faced rather. So um, that's, that's kind of some things that immediately pop up uh, in terms of good, bad for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stuff. Uh, AJ just looks slow. Josh Holland says, um, yeah, it, it's almost a little, maybe slow, but also maybe a little tentative. Um, you know, there are a lot of, and, and I see that he, he's kind of, when he hits the ground and gets tackled or these pass breakups and there's a big tangle pile up of players, I see him kind of get up and hobble a little bit. He's, you know, he's kind of showing a little more pain and grimaces than I'm accustomed to with AJ Green being a Cincinnati Bengals. So, um, you know, I, I, I still think there are plays to be made. I know we're a month in now and, Look, AJ hasn't played a lot of football over the past couple of years, and at least not in games. He's he's been injured. Uh, there was no preseason. He was injured in training camp again this year, so he couldn't really condition. Maybe these things will start remedying themselves down the road. But T. Higgins is emerging as a viable threat at receiver. Tyler Boyd is right now the team's best wide receiver, um, making plays and first downs just catch after catch. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. It's like almost every time Tyler Boyd catches the ball, you know that a first, first down uh, is coming. So um, yeah. Uh, time courts said, or maybe it's Tim courts says Bates had a good game. He did have a good game. Jesse Bates. Um, he kind of had the one bad game uh, against Cleveland. And then, you know, he's, he had an outstanding game against the chargers. Another good one today. So um, Yeah. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The other, just to kind of go around a little bit, um, I want to share this just to update you all in case you have not seen what has 
transpired around the league and around the AFC North. Um, earlier today, the hey, the Browns are winning football games. You look here; they beat the Cowboys in Dallas to go to three to three and one, forty-nine to thirty-eight in Dallas. Um, that's that's a big one. And Dallas, shockingly, is one and three. I don't think a lot of people thought that would be the case with Dallas this year. So, Cleveland's three and one. They beat the Cowboys forty-nine thirty-eight. And then uh, we've got the Ravens. Let's see where that Ravens game is. Uh, right there at the bottom, thirty-one to seventeen. They beat Washington, and they're three and one. The Bengals play Baltimore next week, and then of course we know the fluid situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers game this week. Um, you know they're, they're probably going to reschedule that whole thing. So uh, a big fluid situation there but that's kind of catching you up a little bit on what's happening around the AFC North. So uh look a lot of a lot of a lot of positives to be taken here. There are some other things that still need to be cleaned up. I think if you if you're thinking now you're going into Baltimore and you are ready or you know you're playing really really sound football um I, there's improvement, there's no doubt, but again, early in the game, Bengals get an interception, they do nothing with it. You simply can't get a turnover, especially when this defense is allowing a lot of passing yards, a lot of rushing yards. You can't net a turnover and get nothing out of it. The issue I mentioned earlier, that 10-point swing where Drew Sample drops the ball and gets it yanked out of his hands in the end zone where the Bengals should have had a touchdown, turns around and Jacksonville gets a field goal. Better team, that's probably a 14-point swing. So you have to – these are still some of the mistakes that need to be cleaned up. The Bengals hopefully get Geno Atkins back next week, and that will help their pass rush. That will help their run defense. So you have, to, you have to hope that that is going to remedy a lot of the issues. But, I mean, is that something you want to – you definitely want to hang your hat on if you're Lou Anarumo? I, I kind of feel like you got to start making the adjustments. you got to start doing things to – limit this the damage and the and, and the yardage uh, you have to start doing that so uh you know geno atkins is, is coming back i think next week so that'll help but you know to how to what extent remains to be seen i mean after all he hasn't practiced for a long time either really uh you know he was hurt towards the latter part of training camp and he hasn't been playing football either so where where is his conditioning at i'm, I'm not really sure but we do know that he makes the pass rush go. We do know that he makes this defense go. And he is, when he is on, he is one of the best players in the NFL for sure. So hopefully he comes back and the Bengals defense looks a little different. Hopefully the offensive line, and they will need it next week. They will need to continue this momentum um, that they built today. And I, I would expect that Alex Redmond would get the start again at right guard based on what happened today. And uh, so – you know, hopefully he steps up and plays a similar, if not even better game than he played today. So uh, the offensive line is, as we know, Joe Burrow will make plays with or without offensive line help. But you can you can see when he had time today, which was throughout much of the day, when he's comfortable, he can make plays. And he will make plays. He makes plays without him, but he's every quarterback is better without pressure and sacks all the time. And obviously, you know, we had eight last week and they really limited any kind of hits or anything on Joe Burrow this week, which was, which was great to see. So 
Here's a comment from from <clears throat> Gavin. My thing with Redmond, the line, and versus the Jags is that the Jags have good edges. They also have good linebackers as well. Um, Mike and Alex did great at getting to the second level and blocking them. You know who also had a pretty good game today was Jonah Williams. I saw him working in space. I saw him stymie the uh, you know stymie his his defender on the edge a couple of times, and I saw him get out and do work on screen passes and those things. Jonah Williams is is steadily improving week to week as well. Um, it looks like he's going to be a very solid football player. So, I mean, that, you know, last year's draft isn't, isn't completely lost. I know Drew Sample had a couple of bad moments today, but um, he also had a couple of catches. So take that for what you will. But a good foundational building block for the Cincinnati Bengals this week as we go forward. Again, one, two, and one. You, you, you almost feel cheated a little bit with that record because you feel like you could have or should have two or three wins at this point, especially in one of the easier parts of your schedule. Now you're kind of getting into the, the meat of your schedule. Baltimore, you'll, you'll get Cleveland again, Pittsburgh, all of that. Um, these tough games, and the Bengals need to start finding ways to win these games and squandering opportunities when they get a turnover, throwing interceptions in the red zone, whoever's fault that is. If the offensive line issues from previous weeks continue, we're, we're going to see a str uh, more struggles coming up in these next few weeks. But if we see still some improvement off of this game, because this game showed improvement off of the previous ones, then that's kind of what we can ask for, and that's kind of what we can hope for, and that's what's going to lead to wins. They just need to start cleaning up the finer details of the game and start, again, the closing. Um, I, I was impressed today at the end of the game. The Bengals were up by eight points. They got the ball back and they needed at least some form of points to really shut the door on the Jaguars. And they got a field goal. They marched down the field. They got a field goal to their credit. But, uh, you know, they also allowed Jacksonville to kind of move down the field with ease and get a touchdown late, or excuse me, another field goal late to set up the onside kick, that sort of thing. So, you know, you, you, you can't – you got to be able to close games. You got to be able to put your, your foot on the throat, so to speak, of your opponents and make sure that there is not a comeback in play for them. And and even today, I mean, 11 points with a couple minutes left, you felt pretty good about things. But you you kind of hope even, – even when Jacksonville's kind of playing hurry up and Bengals are playing prevent, that sort of thing, you kind of hope that – they learn that to, to shut that door a little more quickly and a little more, a little more force than they have. But Hey, you know, I technically it's a one score game, right? So that streak of 15 straight losses or ties in one score games, that is done. That NFL record they tied last week, that is done. Cincinnati Bengals learned they, they had two losses to start the season, got the tie and now the win. So things are trending in the right direction, maybe a little later than we wanted to, but that's that's kind of all we can all we can ask for there. So um, I see here the Aries three two three having a discussion with my homeboy, and we're debating if Tyler Boyd can replace AJ Green. What say you? I say no. He's really good, um, but he'll never be one of the top receivers in the league. Tyler Boyd, and, and by the way, I'm going to be here for a couple more minutes. I'm Anthony Cazenza with Cincy Jungle, giving you the post game show here. Bengals beat. The Jaguars in week four, 33-25. So good win for the Cincinnati Bengals on their home turf. And Joe Burrow's first win actually gets to be 
in front of at least some fans, 6,000 or so fans in attendance, aside from all those cardboard cutouts. So you got to feel like uh, you got to feel good about that. But going back to that question there from the Aries three, two, three, I don't, I don't, they're two different players. AJ Green and, and Tyler Boyd bring two different skill sets. Tyler Boyd's a slot guy. He can play wide out a bit, but where he does the bulk of his damage is in the slot. And quite frankly, as much as, as productive as he was with Andy Dalton, quite frankly, I think he's going to be even more productive with Joe Burrow because if you go back to Joe Burrow's tape in college at LSU, he used Justin Jefferson a lot. Jamar Chase was the outside threat, the deep threat last year, made a lot of big plays that way. But his security blanket, where he wanted to go to sustain, sustain drives, move the chains, was Justin Jefferson. And Tyler Boyd is – in that mold, he's a guy who catches almost everything thrown his way. He will move the chains. There's not going to be the 50-yard bombs all the time to Tyler Boyd, but there's going to be a lot of 12-yard plays. There's going to be a lot of 15-yard plays, 8-yard plays, and those are the plays that sustain drives, frustrate teams, and tire out defenses. So if if you're wondering what Tyler Boyd's viability is, I mean, he's coming off of two straight 1,000-yard seasons. I'm assuming if he stays healthy and productive this year, we're going to see the same – here and Tyler Boyd is known as one of the top receivers in, in in the league. He is known as one of the top slot guys in the league. Um, but what you're what you're doing then, if you're saying it, let's replace AJ Green with Tyler Boyd, that's not what the Bengals should do. Nor I don't think they are going to be doing that long term. I think the plan is T Higgins is going to be your outside guy, get those jump balls, those deeper plays, that sort of thing, and then you've got more of your possession slot guy. Tyler Boyd to work with. It's kind of the, the Chad TJ Hushman's auto type of formula that the Bengals are trying to recreate a little bit. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's really about how you use these wide receivers, what their skill sets are, but Tyler Boyd is one of the top slot receivers in the NFL and you can move them around a lot. You can get them on runs, which they did again today. So, you know, very useful, very productive player. And I assume he's got a handful of nice years left for the Cincinnati Bengals and a great connection being built between he and Joe Burrow. But um, good question there. Robert saying the key is keeping Burrow safe and getting pressure on the opponent's QB. Always, Robert. It's always Teams are built on their lines. Teams are built on their lines. Yes, the franchise quarterback is always a must. That's what you need to get. But teams are built on their lines, their defensive lines. Can you get to the quarterback and can you protect the quarterback? Ask any GM. That's what – that's the name of the game. Can you protect your quarterback? Can you get to the other team's quarterback? And right now, at least through the first three weeks, the Bengals did not do a good job of that. The Bengals did a better job, especially in protecting their own quarterback this week. They got to the quarterback. The three sacks, again, are a little bit uh, – it's a little misleading, the stats that the Bengals have in that column because, like I said, I think two of those were more coverage sacks. Guys just weren't getting open for Jacksonville. So – that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of how it is. But again, Geno Atkins coming back. If you listen to our Week One Wednesday show, John Sheeran and I had Ben Baby on from ESPN. He said it best: Geno Atkins is the key to their pass rush. He is the key to their defense. And even at his age, and even missing the first month of the season, if he comes back next week, I expect to see at least a somewhat different defense. Um, even if even if he's in there on a rotational basis. And by the way. The Bengals may look now because Mike Daniels is on IR. Um, probably will come back later in the season, but he's on IR for at least a handful of weeks here because of the new rules with IR. But he's on IR for a handful of weeks. 
Geno Atkins is coming back. I would not be surprised to see the Cincinnati Bengals make some form of an acquisition in the interior defensive line to try and get some more depth, make sure they just don't throw a ton of snaps at Geno right away, and keep him fresh and productive as he winds down his career. So do not be surprised if the Bengals make an acquisition there. Do not be surprised if Alex Redmond hangs on to that right, starting right guard spot for at least another week. And by the way, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I got kind of roasted by, I believe, Alex Redmond's stepfather, father. And, uh, hey, I'm eating crow, man. You're, Alex Redmond played well. The offensive line played well. And uh, let's just hope they keep it up because the track record's been spotty. And as, as Robert just said – you got you got to keep Burrow upright, not only for winning games purposes, but for his own psyche and health. You have to keep Burrow upright. You got to limit the hits. Burrow's going to take some hits because he maneuvers around the pocket and he tries to make things happen, like an Aaron Rodgers, like all these other great quarterbacks. Obviously, not there quite yet, four games in, but he's looking like it. He's looking like it, but he's going to take the inevitable hit that isn't really credited to the offensive line because he's trying to maneuver around the pocket. He's trying to extend a play and make things happen. And I mean, it's going to happen, but you got to try and limit all of that, especially free shots, especially bad pressure up front. So hopefully the offensive line continues to improve. I'm going to say this. I'm going to leave you on this note here. If you watch, I caught myself watching Joe Burrow a little more closely than I had before in these previous games. Um, just on a snap-by-snap basis. There were a couple of plays. If you go back and watch, there were a couple of plays by Joe Burrow where he either rolled to his left, rolled to his right. Take a look at the eyes. He'll, roll, he'll avoid pressure. The eyes stay up. He looks downfield to find a player and extend the play. And there was a play where – I'll have to try and find it, but there was a play where he kept his head up, he extended the play, and he got – you know, a first down completion, probably eight to 10 yards or so by keeping his eyes up and throwing the ball. It was one where he booted to his left to avoid some pressure and made a nice play. Andy Dalton did a lot of nice things for this team. There were a lot of great throws. He's one of the best statistical passers in team history. Towards the end of the year, could you say the same about Andy Dalton, wherein he would he would be pressured? and he would keep his eyes up and keep the throw going downfield? Or did you see Andy Dalton settle for a three-yard little run gain and then the drive stalls out? Go go watch some of these plays again, and we will have them on CincyJungle.com, but go watch some of these plays again if you're able by Joe Burrow where he extends the play by keeping his eyes up and avoiding would-be sackers. And instead of taking – that he now he does it a couple times where he'll he'll scamper for a few yards and that's great. A lot of times that's great, but he keeps his eyes up and he makes a throw down the field off of his first read, oftentimes, to continue to extend the drive, make a bigger play and a bigger impact. And these are things that are innate. And when a rookie has it four games in, you gotta feel pretty good about it who you have under center and you have to feel pretty good about the direction of your franchise from what we've been seeing from Joe Burrow. He's taking care of the football despite all of the pressure and the sacks, not today, but the previous three weeks, he's taking care of the football. He's making plays and he's been very efficient. Three straight 300 yard passing games for the Bengals. And now finally you're starting it to see it not either not net losses or they're going, they're netting wins. So you got a tie. You got the win. And you got to feel good for Joe Burrow and the Bengals here. 
Thanks for joining. I'm Anthony Cazenza. You can join our podcast again after every game. We do a post game one before the game, an hour before kickoff. We do a pregame show. Matt Minnick, John Sheeran, and myself, presented by Narragansett Beer. Join us for that. We have a little fun. We break down the game. This week we had, and I have to say a special thank you to the bank. You probably times at least on the telecast today, and his lovely wife Jess joined us on the pregame show from Paul Brown Stadium. It was a lot of fun talking to him. We, we had a great time. So we've got guests, we've got giveaways, we've got all kinds of stuff. So join us for that. Have a little fun talks and bangles. And we've got these post-game shows. We've got the Monday News Jump where we go through the Bengals headlines, the NFL headlines, get you updated on all things there. We have the Wednesday Deep Dive Show with John Sharon and myself going through not only this week, but the week ahead, the game ahead. And, of course, we do listener questions live on Friday, so join us for that and submit yours how you can. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate all of the support, the kind words, and uh, the high level of viewers. This is awesome. So appreciate all of that. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you this week on all of those shows I just mentioned. Hey, Bengals got a win. First one of 2020. Enjoy. Enjoy.